coming up on today's episode of the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. Yeah, I'm in a band now. I'm in a blues rock band called Sundog City. So we're standing there. I'm filling up the gas, and there was just a fusion loft building. Mm-hmm. You know, the World Liquor was still there, and mm-hmm. the Big Globe. And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, that's kind of funny. And I looked over, I see this little building. I'm like, boy, that would be kind of a neat place. And I swear to God, I'm like, you know, three years later, I get the keys to that same exact building. And I didn't even <laughs> think about it sneak out of our houses in the middle of the night, steal somebody's car, and drive okay. into the city. Yeah. We, don't, we don't recommend that. No. <laughs> don't try that at home. Mm-hmm. Everybody talks about their idols and going to work for people. I'm like, well, my guy was a cheese guy. <laughs> I, w- I've, I fell in love with this cheese book, and it, it guided, changed my life at a time where I really needed it. Coming to you from St. Petersburg, Florida, you're listening to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast, the show that's the authority on where to eat in St. Pete. Here are your hosts, Kevin Godby and Lori Brown. Hi, I'm Kevin Godby. And I'm Lori Brown. Thank you for tuning in today. Welcome to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast, the podcast that's it when it comes to restaurants and food information in St. Pete. And be sure to check out our website, stpetersburgfoodies.com. There you'll find great information, including restaurant reviews, the largest St. Pete happy hour list ever created and kept updated, and information on the newest restaurants in town. We are locals that live in downtown St. Pete, and we've been eating our way through this town for years, so you don't have to, but you should. We have a new episode every Tuesday. Just hit the subscribe button and you'll get notified when an episode is ready for download. And then you can listen to them anytime you want, like on your morning jog or commute to work. On today's show, our featured guest is Matt Bonanno from Brooklyn South. Brooklyn South specializes in meats and cheeses, sandwiches, and Italian specialties like lasagna. And we start the show off with Abby's amazing recipe for bone broth ramen. We We have have a great great show, show, so so stick stick around. around. One of our favorite places to go eat in St. Pete is Engine Number 9. They've been a staple in downtown St. Pete coming up on seven years, and they are famous for their unique and tasty burger creations. As a matter of fact, they are on the St. Pete Foodies list of best burgers in St. Pete. They also made the best hot dogs list, the best chilies, and the best wings in St. Pete. Aside from the food, Engine Number 9 is a great sports bar with lots of TVs, beer, and wine. And you can even get a regular old cheeseburger, too, so you can bring your non-adventurous eater friends. Check out Engine Number 9 at the corner of MLK and 1st Avenue North in downtown St. Pete. Their burgers can't be beat. How many times have you heard a restaurant say that they have healthy food that actually tastes great? I've heard it a lot. But unfortunately, it's usually one or the other and not both until the brass bowl came around. Right. Their food actually is healthy and tastes so darn delicious. So good. They use organic ingredients and responsibly sourced seafood. Brass Bowl offers gluten-free, vegan, and carnivorous options. There truly is something for everyone. You will find imaginative flatbreads, bowls, and tasty delicious small plates with options like fresh roasted seasonal veggies, 24-hour sous vide hanger steak, house-smoked salmon, and free-range chicken breast. And up front, they have a cold-pressed juice station and separate menu with juice bowls and elixir shots. It's like two open kitchens in one. Brass Bowl Kitchen and Juicery is really on the cutting edge of the fast, casual culture that is enjoying so much fame these days. Go get bowled over by Brass Bowl. Brass Bowl Kitchen and Juicery is located at 656 Central Avenue in downtown St. Pete. And you can check them out on the web at BrassBowlKitchen.com. Welcome to the second recipe segment of this month on the St. Petersburg Foodies podcast. And please welcome Abby Allen and Mike. Hello. Hello. So you made ramen. Mm -hmm. And holy crap. Holy crap is you, right. You don't have oh, to be Japanese Lord. to make good ramen. You, nope. could, you could be a white girl from the Midwest. Absolutely. 120%. You can make it with the, the, the rest, the best of them. So. I should never doubt you. <laughs> well, I never doubted her anyway. And so I don't know if everybody knows this, but ramen is uh, 
I guess, I don't know how you put it really, but it technically seems like it's owned by the Japanese. It's considered a Japanese dish or cuisine. However, it was it actually originated in China. Yes, and, which is interesting. And yes. the Japanese kind of stole it from China because mm-hmm. nobody thinks of China for ramen at all. No, not at all. And I don't know any Chinese restaurants that have it either, so there. Right. They right. gave it up. They're, they're out. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> they forfeited. Yep. They decided to go with egg drop soup instead. Yeah. Well, isn't ramen like technically like the national dish of Japan or something? I don't know. I was oh, doing a little research myself. Darn. Oh, you were. See, uh-huh. yeah. See, you got me. I wasn't ready for that one. Yeah. I don't know. We'll have to look into that. Hmm. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. So I loved, I mean, the flavors were amazing. The complexity of the broth is very impressive. And I also liked the viscosity and the mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's fair to say it was oily. It's not but really oily. But it did oily, have, but, yeah. But a little, a little bit, it had a little bit of, bit of that Fat fear. in there. Yes. Right? yes. That yeah. was, and that's exactly what and it is. it was kind of a velvety smooth type of texture. Mm-hmm. Velvety smooth. There you go. That's better. Yes. Better than oily. That's why we work well together. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, a lot of people don't think to, I shouldn't say don't think, but don't think, don't use just a basic bone broth, you know, as mm-hmm. their ramen base. And I think a lot of people are intimidated by bone and, broth. And mm-hmm. you know what? I'm not going to mention any names, but I've been to at least one restaurant around here. Your ramen's way better than theirs. <laughs> it really seemed to me like they just like bought like chicken broth off the shelf and poured it in there and threw some noodles mm-hmm. and stuff in there and called it ramen. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So a little more to it than that. Absolutely, perhaps. too. And just following a few basic steps when you're doing the ramen, like making sure you blanch your bones to get rid of the impurities and roasting them mm-hmm. before you put them in the pot adds so much extra flavor. So you were tending to this throughout the night. Yes. I set alarms all throughout the <laughs> night. And, and we, we must mention that Abby and Mike were actually out with us last night. Mm-hmm. And we had drinks until, what, 10? Mm-hmm. About 10, yeah. <laughs> yep. So, and here we are this morning. Yes, here we are having wine again. Uh, yep. <laughs> and ramen, yes. But yes. very impressive. And thank you so much for setting alarms throughout the night. Absolutely. It's a labor of love. So tell us about the process. So the process, as I mentioned, you Blanch your bones, make sure you do that. Get rid of the impurities. Throw them in the oven at 450. Get them to the point where they're almost burnt. Okay. I think it, it was a Bon Appetit article, of course. And where uh-huh. do you get the bones? The bones from Rolling Oats, of course. Of course. And honestly, it's one of the only places I find that consistently has the bones. And they're good quality grass-fed bones, too. Okay. Nice. Chicken bones? Or uh, beef, beef bones. bones. Okay. Yes. So there's about four pounds of bones. Uh, half are the marrow bones, and then the rest are the beef knuckles. So you get mm. a little... You, you put know. all of it in. Mm-hmm. Okay. And when you say blanch, so you're for people that don't know what that is... Throw them in a, a pot of water, cover them with cold water, uh, boil it, and just... 20 minutes or so and just it gets rid of all the grit impurities and and all that yes yeah he watched look was looking at it last night he's like what is all that foaming i'm like that's (laughs) we're getting rid of the bad (laughs) stuff absolutely yes and i've of course made it without blanching and roasting and it just makes such a difference in the flavor Mm -hmm. so after you roast them throw them in a pot with the carrots unpeeled onion quartered and a head of garlic cut in half Mm -hmm. black peppercorns and cover it with water and just bring it to a boil and then you simmer it for you can simmer it from for eight hours and anywhere up to 24. It's just mm-hmm. the longer you simmer cool. it, the better the flavor will be. And you simmered it for about 12? Yeah, it was about mm-hmm. 12 hours. And, and yes. the more badass you sound as a chef, too. <laughs> <laughs> I simmer my broth for 24 hours. I simmered hours. this for a thousand hours, Yes, man. exactly. I didn't even sleep the whole time. <laughs> 24 hours, it's you're like going to need a really masters, big right? pot. Yes, all yeah. 24 big, hours. Yeah, well, that's the thing, too. You do have some evaporation. Mm-hmm. So, with you know, that... And when that happens, you just add a little water and it doesn't take away from the flavor of the broth because it's so intense. So you leave it open, it's not covered? So you put a lid on it, but you leave it slightly ajar. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, and then you skim off the, any impurities that, you know, weren't removed during the blanching process. And then after it's all done, whenever you're ready to go, you strain everything out, discard the bones and the carrots and all that, put it back into the pot. And I, um, to give it a little more flavor and make it more ramen-esque, I added the soy sauce. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and then of course the gojujang braised chicken, which is simple, gojujang, soy, throw it on some chicken in a Dutch oven in the oven for a couple hours, low and slow, and it just fork tender and shreds. And what else is in there? Some green onion, mm-hmm. soft boiled egg. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, you kind of flew by all those ingredients you might want to try. <laughs> oh, yes. So the gojujang, you know, for those of you who don't know what gojujang is, it's like an Asian, you know, fermented sp- 
spicy mm-hmm. sauce. I thought it was sorts. a Japanese band. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably on Anthony, one of his shows. Oh, Anthony absolutely. Shows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, and, and that's it. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it sounds like a lot of a lot going on, but I assure you, small moving parts happening. Once, once you get the blanching and the roasting done. Yes. And, yeah, then yeah. it's just kind of a low and slow. I don't want to say set it and forget it, but kind mm-hmm. of. <laughs> you know. And you alternatively, you can do this in a crock pot, too, if you don't have a big pot. So. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Or you can go to the store and buy a big pot. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Any right. excuse to buy more cookware. Right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm the worst at that. Mm-hmm. And I want to thank, we want to thank Rolling Oats for yes. sponsoring this. It's not Rolling it's, it's rolling. 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 rolling with the homies. Yes. Rolling with the homies. Yeah, let's do it. You're ready. That's and the Somebody. original location <laughs> on MLK in St. Pete, kind of in the Trips Diner area, a little down from them. And then they also have a newer location in Tampa on McDill. Mm-hmm. And they hour the St. Petersburg foodies. Go to? Go to. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Abby just did a uh, teaching session there she on did. meal planning, and she's got one coming up on charcuterie. January 20, 20, 20, 20, 22nd. 20, 22nd. 20, 20, 20, yes. Oh. The 22nd. 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 Thank you, Kevin. I'm, I'm the master scheduler around here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. And you can also find the recipe on stpetersburgfoodies.com. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you. It was Abby. delicious. Thank you. You guys are more than welcome. Until We're gonna next s- month. We should start yes. a ramen podcast and just eat ramen all the time. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. Me yeah. <laughs> okay. We're out. We'll be right back. St. Pete is all about local. And this year, we celebrate a local legend's 25th anniversary. Roland Oats Market and Cafe was founded in July of 94 by Bert Swain and Larry Schwartz. From the beginning, Roland Oats has made a commitment to provide St. Pete customers with the finest quality organic whole foods, nutritional supplements, and body care products at the most reasonable prices possible. And now they have a South Tampa location too. We go there for many items, but they are the only place that we go to buy our raw probiotics and other supplements. They have the best organic whole food selection in town, and on the flip side of that, they also offer a fantastic selection of wines and an unparalleled selection of local craft beer. Rollin' Oats has a cafe, Open Daily, which offers delicious sandwiches, burgers, soups, salads, bowls, wraps, entrees, and fresh-made smoothies, along with a variety of prepared and packaged take-home meals located in the market itself. Do you pride yourself with supporting local businesses? Well, put your money where your mouth is and get on into Rollin' Oats today. Rollin' Oats St. Pete is located at 2842 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Street North. And in South Tampa, you'll find them at 1021 North McDill Avenue. Check them out on the web at rollinoats.com. That's R-O-L-L-I-N oats.com. Have you been to Pacific Counter? It is one of the newest fast casual concepts located on one of the fastest growing blocks in St. Pete, the 600 block of Central Avenue. They offer build your own bowls, burritos, or salads with a variety of the freshest bases, toppings, and sauces to satisfy anyone's craving and put you in charge. There are actually 6,432,189 combinations possible. Overwhelmed by build your own? I know that I sometimes am, Well, you can also choose from their counter creations menu already picked for you. The first couple of times we ate there, that's exactly what I did. Then I decided to get adventurous. For bases, they offer sushi rice, brown rice, noodles, or greens. Sushi rice seems to be the norm, but I'm not a big rice person, so I finally tried the noodles, and to say I fell in love is an understatement. They are actually sweet potato noodles, I found out later. I have no idea how they make them seem like rice noodles. I added fresh tuna and salmon, my choice of toppings and a sauce, which I didn't even need because the bowl was so good without it. I told Kevin I could eat this every day and I would probably lose weight and love it at the same time. If you haven't checked out Pacific Counter, I would highly recommend it. They are open for lunch and dinner, have a variety of unique alcoholic and non-alcoholic drink options, and they have the beloved Dole Whip. Find your fresh at Pacific Counter. Pacific Counter is located at 660 Central Avenue in downtown St. Pete. They are open 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Sunday through Thursday and 11 a.m. to midnight on Friday and Saturday. Please welcome to this episode of the St. Petersburg Foodies podcast, the owner slash cheesemonger at Brooklyn South, Matt Bonanno. 
Thank you very much. Did Welcome. he pronounce that right? That's it. Banana. <laughs> Got it right. Just making sure. Welcome to the show, Matt. Thank you. He's from the cheese crime family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's the first. That's the first. <laughs> cheese crime family. <laughs> so we are going to get into Brooklyn South in detail in the second half. But first, let's learn about you. You were telling us about something new that you're doing that's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm in a band now. I'm in a blues rock band called Sundog City. Okay. And we're based out of Gulfport. Right. Um, and you we, play with the mayor of Gulfport, And correct? we play with the mayor. The mayor and his wife are both singers. They're oh, very cool. good, very talented. I'm the drummer. We play a lot of covers right now, and we're, we're coming up with some original ideas and just changing some things around. Mm-hmm. They've been in bands in the area for, God, decade or two, maybe. And mm-hmm. uh, I've only been here for about six years, so this right. is my first time in a band in Florida, which is pretty cool. I come from more of a hard-driving, hard-rocking band uh background background Mm -hmm. yeah definitely Mm -hmm. um excuse me a lot of original bands jam bands sometimes but this is pretty cool we're playing different music i've never really got into blues rock before blues music it's it's definitely a different style it's a different genre of of playing whether it's guitar Mm -hmm. bass or drums Mm -hmm. Um, there's a lot of different beat patterns that i'm learning which is cool i'm always ready to learn some new things cool Mm -hmm. are you guys doing uh, covers originals we're doing some old obscure covers some new obscure covers is some songs that i've never heard of uh Mm -hmm. which is cool because people come to the show they don't know if they're ours or not (laughs) (laughs) some people can pick them out i mean we do some old almond brothers um songs and some other new kind of blues rock songs but we're also going to come up with some uh, originals they have originals from the other bands that they've Mm -hmm. been in so they're going to reintroduce them cool. and i have a couple songs i play guitar as well so i've, oh, I've been cool. writing songs for a couple of years so i'd like to throw some of my ideas in the mix too and so, so i did see a picture of you playing guitar i thought i did maybe. you did maybe not <laughs> maybe it might be out there somewhere because you Facebook. fooled me when you first said drums i was like i thought you played guitar no i'm a drummer, <laughs> so a drummer for do you guys time. have a, a, a rehearsal space we practice at either one of our houses in Gulfport, okay, cool. depending on who's available. Okay, good. So you have a house. To, mm-hmm. good. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's a small you, place, but we, we pack ourselves in there. Yeah, you, you need that if you're playing drums for sure. Yeah. Or, or full band. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. We, have, um, we have a rental unit at our house in mm-hmm. Gulfport. So when you know the people move out, mm-hmm. we have a chance to get in there and play before someone else comes back in. Cool. cool. And so, you said you moved down about six years ago? Moved from, here from Brooklyn. From mm-hmm. Brooklyn. Brooklyn, yeah. Red Hook, Brooklyn was a neighborhood we lived in for a long time. And um, we're just tired of New York and tired of the cold. Well, my wife was tired of the cold. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wanted to go to the Catskills. Mm-hmm. I was ready. Um, we owned a home in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. So if you know anything about Brooklyn real estate, when you own something and sell it, mm-hmm. you get quite a few zeros yeah. after mm-hmm. the numbers. So we were going to go up. I wanted to buy a goat farm. Mm-hmm. and uh, raise goats for milk for cheese. I didn't really want to make cheese. I wanted to raise the goats and, and have this pure, pristine milk for cheese making mm-hmm. and then possibly age the cheeses myself. But she's like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> so we would come down here for vacation every Valentine's Day, actually. We would come, like every February, we would come down. Mm-hmm. Uh, my parents, my father's cousin has a condo in Marco Island. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we would come down to Marco Island, wherever Marco Island was at the time. I had no idea. It's and we would Naples. rent a car. and Naples. Naples, yeah. yeah. <laughs> at the time, I was like, fine, whatever. And we would rent a car and drive up here. And this was in 2011, 12, and 13. So it mm-hmm. was just getting started. Yeah. I remember, and the funny thing is I remember pulling in to get gas for this rental car on the corner of Central and 16th. And there was this tiny little building, tiny little building. And I was looking at it, and I was just looking at it. I'm like, man, that'd be a kind of a neat place for a store. And I swear to God, I'm not even making this up. It's like, <laughs> this is probably 2000, no, it's 2011, because we had the rental car, and we drove down before, I mean, after that. So we're standing there, I'm filling up the gas, and there was just a fusion loft building. Mm-hmm. You know, the World Liquor was still there, and mm-hmm. the Big Globe, and I'm mm-hmm. like, well, that's kind of funny. And I looked over, and I see this little building, I'm like, boy, that would be kind of a neat place. And I swear to God, I'm like... You know, three years later, I get the keys to that same exact building. And I didn't even think about it. It's the That's same great story. building. Same building. And I'm like, and I told my wife that. She's like, that can't be the same. I'm like, I swear to God, we were filling our gas. I'm like, That's the one. And it came up, you know, and I was working at Mazzaro's at the time for a couple months okay. for the holidays when I first moved here. And I met the owner at a cheese conference. Mm-hmm. I'm a member of the American Cheese Society. Mm-hmm. I'm a committee member. So I get there early. And um, the owner, Kurt from Mazzaro's. Yes, Kurt Kakar. Yeah. Kukuro. Kukuro. He was uh, was a judge one year, and he showed up. This was in Raleigh, North Carolina, 
And it was like the year after we came to St. Petersburg for a vacation. And I just happened to have some silly bird shirt that said St. Petersburg on it. I said, I'm from, <laughs> we were at some bird sanctuary up in Madeira Beach, I think it was. And I had, the, I'm for the bird St. Petersburg shirt on. <laughs> and I'm at the bar getting beers for m- me and my friends. And this guy comes up to me. He's like, so you're for the birds, huh? And I look, I'm like, yeah, what are you talking about? And he hands me his business card. And it said, Bizarro St. Petersburg. And I'm like, I was just there. I was just there. I'm like, I was going to call the owner and see if I can get a job there when we move there next year. He's like, I'm the owner. Let's have an interview right now. I'm like, are you kidding me? That is so And cool. it was all because I had this weird bird shirt on. Right. And then I called him up, you know, for the next six or seven months as I was living in Brooklyn saying, I'm still serious. I'm still want to come down to St. Petersburg and open up a cheese shop and he has no fear of me, right? I'm not, Brooklyn South has no competition to Mazzaro's. Right, right, right. You right. know, it's an institution around here, you know what I mean? Yeah. They're, they're great. So I got down here right before the holidays in 2013. I stayed until April and then more until March. And then he was really good to me. I mean, mm-hmm. the whole family was really, really good to me. Mm-hmm. And they let me do my thing. And then when I told them it was time for me to go, they're like, good luck. You know, we were glad to have you. Thanks for your help. And I'm like, same here. And there it is, you know. And I think we're going to go to Anada for dinner tonight, to be honest with you. (laughs) We love Anada, yeah. (laughs) They're awesome. So what did you do in Brooklyn before you moved down here? Well, I worked for a lot of different cheese shops and uh, markets. uh, I've been a chef for 25 years, 25, 30 years. I've actually been in the restaurant business since 1986, Mm -hmm. you know. And and you're not from Wisconsin, but you are a cheesehead. Yeah, I'm from Pennsylvania. (laughs) Ah, I'm originally from Pennsylvania. I grew up, you know, in um, the Poconos region and mountains Mm -hmm. of about an hour west of Manhattan and an hour mm-hmm. north of Philadelphia. So yep. mm-hmm. we got the best of both worlds. We got the woods where we grew up and we got the city an hour away if we wanted to yep. sneak out of our houses in the middle of the night, steal somebody's car and drive <laughs> into the city. Yeah. <laughs> we, don't, we don't recommend that. No. <laughs> don't try that at home. No. In the 80s, it was a little easier. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yeah, I, I worked for a, for a long time. I worked for a place called Gourmet Garage, which is mm-hmm. uh, they've got like six or, six or seven different small markets throughout Manhattan, and mm-hmm. I was um, I was the Soho gourmet garage food guy. I mean, I worked in the cheese department, but since I was a chef and I knew a lot about food and I knew a lot about cooking and just you know I was well rounded, mm-hmm. I was pretty much the food guy of the store. And mm-hmm. um, that place taught me how to live in New York City because it was right in right in Soho. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I would you know my wife called it gallivanting after work every day. I would just walk around and just learn. I would go to different markets. I'd go to Dean and DeLuca, and I worked at Fairway for a little bit and which was amazing. If you ever heard of Steve Jenkins, Steve Jenkins wrote the, the cheese primer, which is like the okay. first real cheese book in the modern day cool. back in 95. Um, it took him eight years to write it. And he was my idol. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. Everybody talks about their idols and going to work for people. I'm like, well, my guy was a cheese guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I've, I fell in love with this cheese book and it, it guided, changed my life at a time where I really needed it. When did that come out? Is it still available? 95. Now? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's like, and it's, you know, one there, millionth printing. There you go. First uh, gift idea for the holiday season. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's called the cheese primer from Steve Jenkins. It's a red book. It's paperback. It's got, it's a little outdated because it is 25. I mean, it's like 20 years old or so, mm-hmm. but it has just, it's just such a basic it's just a great basic word wording of the of the cheese business, where they're from, how you pronounce the words, where what they pair with, what mm-hmm. they're similar to, how they make it, the history of it. It's just it's phenomenal, and it did. You know, I was in a bad time in my life at the time, and I uh, I worked at a place, and guys like here's the book, you're the cheese guy now. <laughs> uh, that's I mean, awesome. That's, what happened was I love that I yeah. was a sous chef at a at a bakery in Atlanta. Chef came up and he had this big giant nasty gooey stinky old piece of cheese mm-hmm. it was a blue cheese it was mm-hmm. called form d'ambert mm-hmm. which is still one of my favorites today never heard of it in my life mm-hmm. he plopped it down i mean it plopped it was so old and so disgusting like he didn't know what he was doing with it <laughs> we're all standing in the kitchen he plopped it down on the table everybody took two steps back and i was it was love at first sight i was like <laughs> what is that thing yeah. what is that he's like that's a blue cheese from france i'm like what it's covered in foil you know it's from um, from it's from the Auvergne region as well mm-hmm. the, from the cantal mm-hmm. and um so i tasted it and it was awful you know i'm like but there's got to be something to it you know mm-hmm. what i mean it's like this is french cheese it's been around for a thousand years it's, mm-hmm. it's, just because this is awful doesn't mean it's all awful so something's got to be to it and he saw my face light up and he gave me that book and changed my life uh so he, mean, he he saw that and he knew you're the guy he knew that i was the guy exactly and then for the next 
two years working there, I had cheese demonstrations and Saturday morning cheese shows. And I mean, it just got out of hand and I was on TV and all these other things. I'm like, oh my God. Wow. You know, French people would come up and yell at me for like saying wrong things because I was just make, <laughs> you know, sometimes I would just make things up. You know, I'm like, yeah, well, this one was like me. blessed by the Pope. And, you know, and it was like, this is only available here. And the people are like, you know, I was like, I better read this book a little bit well, more. Well, I appreciate your creativity in that. Thing. <laughs> Thank yes. you. Hey, I got a lot of customers. That and way. you said that was in Atlanta? That was in Atlanta, a so, place called Alon's Bakery up in Atlanta. Yeah, so you, I lived there for 10 years. So you've been around a little bit because it says on your Facebook page that you studied culinary arts at the Art Institute of Fort Lauderdale. Oh, Fort Lauderdale, yeah, exactly. How'd you end up in Fort Lauderdale? I had a girlfriend and her family was really into cooking. And I come from a big Italian family where we cook all the time. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't really cooking. I just ate and then <laughs> left, mm-hmm. you know. And her family was a little arrogant about it. And they were always talking about, oh, big fam- Italian family. Oh, we know how to cook, blah, blah, blah. blah. I'm like, yeah. And they did. They were really nice. But they're a little too arrogant about it. So I was like, you know what? And then we broke up and I was angry. So I'm like, what am I going to do to get back at them? I'm like, well, I'm going to go be a chef. You know, I'm going <laughs> to teach awesome. them. I'm going to teach them that I can do it too. That's the best chef inspiration did. story ever. Yeah. Anger. Yeah, exactly. I was like, well, I'm helping them. I'm going to go. So it was jury day in Pennsylvania and I had a couple choices to go someplace and the Art Institute of Fort Lauderdale kept coming up, kept coming up, you know, culinary. And like, you know, everybody, when they have advertisements and commercials, it's palm trees and beaches and things mm-hmm. like that. Right. It just entice you to go down there. And it worked. And I'm like, fine. And I told my one friend, because he wanted to get out too. I'm like, we're moving to Fort Lauderdale at the end of October. He's like, well, all right. What year was cool. this? 94. Okay. 1994. I left the day after Thanksgiving. That was it. Never, never turned back. And I went to culinary school. I worked at the Olympics. I worked at the Super Bowls. I did tennis tournaments. We had all these opportunities to work at these big gigs. Cool. And then after I graduated from culinary school, yeah, the Olympics were in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And I got an opportunity to, my first job out of school was to work at the Olympics. Wow. Which was insane. That so, was very cool. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I didn't know anything. I was a cookie man. I just boxed cookies up and sliced turkey meat and stuff like that. I was pretty <laughs> that, useless. That was, that was pre-cheese. Yeah, was way, way pre-cheese. That was pretty useless. <laughs> and, um, but it was such a good time. And um, I went to Atlanta for nine weeks. And I ended up staying for 10 years. Wow. It was just, you know. And you went from Atlanta then to Brooklyn? Then I went to Atlanta and I moved back north to Brooklyn Mm -hmm. and uh, met my wife and we got married and we hung out there for a couple more, about a decade. Mm -hmm. And like I said, she got tired of the cold and we said, oh, let's go find this place called St. Petersburg, you know. We want, she wanted to move to the Gulf of Mexico. Uh And I was like, fine, it's a great body of water. It's, It's clean. It's quiet. It's not like raging waves and everything. It's, the sand's beautiful. We didn't want to go to Texas. We were too old to go back to New Orleans and party like crazy people. And we're like, well, what about St. Pete? I wanted to move to uh, Key West. She's like, no hurricanes. I'm like, well, so far, so good. Not going, not going wood. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know. But so yeah, far, so, so good. Yeah. So it's been a few a, scares. <laughs> it's been kind of a cool trek up and down the East Coast most of my life. You know, I may have traveled around the world and all. But living wise, I just stayed on the East Coast. This is where I'm from. And now my parents live here. Mm-hmm. So there's really, you know, everything's here. My brother lives in South Carolina. So we're kind of close again. So it's cool. Awesome. Great. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll come back with Matt Bonanno and talk. We're going to get cheesy. <laughs> oh, God. We'll be right back. <laughs> I love soup and I'm always in search of a great soup. Ramen is just so complex and delicious with layers of complex flavors in its broth. Booyah Ramen is one of my favorite places in downtown St. Pete, so much so that I recently included them on my top five Asian noodle soups list for their pork belly ramen. Now Booyah's success is not just about the ramen. It's a hip, upbeat environment meant for unwinding and socializing with house-crafted cocktails, a large selection of Japanese whiskey, and izakaya, too. Those are small plates of different types of appetizers that are delicious, as well as the ramen. The ambiance of the place, along with the friendliness of the owners and staff, really adds to the character and charm of Buya. And to add to its coolness, the owners are actually opening up four more stores, one in Miami, and three in Berlin of all places. Yes, Berlin, Germany. How cool is that? Booyah Ramen is located at 911 Central Avenue in downtown St. Pete and is open seven days a week at 11 a.m. Do ya, Booyah? We are back! We are back! We are back on the St. Petersburg Foodies podcast. And I'm hoping on this second half that we'll, we will get Matt to come out of his shell. <laughs> but just, be, just, just before we press play on you, Matt, I just want to mention, so Brooklyn South, 
You guys are on the 1400 block of Central Avenue. That would be 1437 Central Ave. That's in the Edge District of downtown St. Pete. And this year, you guys made three of our top 10 lists. You were in the top 10 cheese and charcuterie, top 10 sandwiches with the Italian sandwich, and the 10 best mac and cheese. That one I wrote. Yes, I wrote. (laughs) So how many cheeses and meats do you carry and from which countries, roughly? Good question. Um, We like to mix it up. And we also, since, uh, first of all, I want to say my guy that I work with, his name is Charlie Mackey. Yeah, uh, he's not my Charlie. he's not my partner. You know, I'm the owner, mm-hmm. and he, but he's like he's my right hand man. Right. Uh, we met at Mazzaro's, and he's incredibly informative and incredibly knowledgeable, and very passionate about his cheeses. We worked at some of the same places in New York City. By you know, we miss oh, each that's other. Cool. We miss each other by a couple months. Mm-hmm. You know, we know all the same people. Um, we've been to two conferences together, and it's funny to see each other talk to the same people, but never right. you know never met them together. You know. So yeah, he, he's fantastic and I wouldn't be anywhere near where I'm at right now if it wasn't for him. So I got to say that. Mm-hmm. But um, so we know the business. So the cheeses I carry in the middle of August are definitely not the cheeses I carry Christmas. Right. Cheeses I don't you know, carry in March mm-hmm. and, and, and April. Mm-hmm. Uh, and same with the volume of cheeses. Uh, it's, right. it's still kind of slow. Uh, I mean, we are the cheese people, St. Petersburg, but unfortunately... It, there's not a line of people out the door trying to buy cheese. Right. Uh, we've Come been on, trying. People. Everybody go to Brooklyn yeah, South been, and buy yeah. some cheese. <laughs> we've been here for five years and it, it's really tough. It's still after five years, it's tough. We do a lot of events and we bring cheese around and I appreciate you guys having me on and bringing a little bit of awareness to what we do over there. Totally. Do you ever do uh, like uh, educational stuff? We, we tried that a few times. Sadly, no one showed up. Okay. Um, my aunt bought a ticket, but unfortunately, <laughs> but unfortunately, she lives in North New Jersey, um, so she wasn't really going to make it that night. Um, we're, you know, well, we she just, showed her support by buying a ticket. Yes, <laughs> we like to do a little outreach, so I like to bring cheeses to other places. We've done, like I said, we've done events for different restaurants and different uh, Keep St. Pete local events and mm-hmm. other things like that. I've done uh, Chef, I don't know what's called Chef War or something like the you know, like competitions and. Mm-hmm. But right now we have. Um, Actually, the case is a little thin right now because we've been selling some cheese. Oh, good. Yeah, we've been selling some pretty cool cheeses. I've been getting some new things in. Uh, right now, I have a lot of Spanish cheeses in for no reason at all. It's just I get a little quirky. I, I want to get something new. Mm-hmm. We get excuse me, some different cheeses from Spain. We got some nice Italian hard grana cheeses. Mm-hmm. Since I am part of the American Cheese Society, I'm really focused and very passionate about american artisan cheeses. How do you join that? Can anybody join that, or do you have to be a cheesemonger? Uh, well, there's... Anybody can join it as an enthusiast. You can join mm-hmm. the society. It's the American Cheese Society. So you can join the society as an enthusiast. Mm-hmm. You get a chance to go to the conference. Uh, you get to go che- see um, the award ceremonies and things like that. We have all different kind of programs. We do a lot of support for American cheese makers and dairy farmers. Mm-hmm. And what, uh, do they have like an annual fee or something? Yeah. Yeah. There'll be a, there's a fee. I can't remember what it is exactly. Okay. I'm a committee member and it changes and I'm not really, I don't think I paid lately. <laughs> we won't tell anyone <laughs> so i don't really remember um i've been in the business so long and then once i started working with really great people in new york city uh, my friend david grodenstein david g for those who know new york food david g mm-hmm. he got me into it as a judge so i was a judge national judge a couple times and then they asked me to join a committee so i'm uh, on the judging and competition committee didn't do it this year because we had a little issues at the shop i couldn't go this year but mm-hmm. So my favorite thing is some type of a cheese competition. There's so we we judge. There's 88 categories at the moment. We we always get more categories. We we dive into it way too deep, but yeah. (laughs) So there's about 88 categories of cheese. You know, no, you don't really realize that, but there are especially Mm -hmm. when you break it down to the age of cheese, um, the moisture content of cheese, the cheddar cheeses. Are they bandage wrapped? Are they raw milk? Are they farmstead? Or you know, so we have a lot of different breakdowns of the type of milk. Milk type, yeah, we have. I mean, of course, we have cows, we have goats, we have sheep, and then we have open categories that combine the, the, all mm-hmm. three of them if there isn't a very many, if, if there isn't a lot of entrance for that, you know, that different category. And it's, it's really cool. It's a lot of work. Um, I'm a cooler captain. So basically, I'm an inventory con- uh, controllist. I get in there. I, steep, I sleep basically in a refrigerator c- container for about five days. Wow. And I don't come out. So when I go to the airport and fly around, when we go, it's, it's in the middle of summer. Right. So when I go to the airport in the middle of summer and I show up with all my ski equipment, my ski clothes and hats and gloves, <laughs> like, where's this guy going? It's like, you're going to Austin, Texas. Why? What's with the scarf? And I'm like, uh, well, I'm going to be in a refrigerator for five days. That's funny. And it's great. So 
really quick. So the cheeses are entered into the competition on one day, the usually the Thursday or the Friday. We receive them, so we receive about two thousand cheeses. We had about we had nineteen entries last year. Nineteen hundred. I'm sorry, nineteen hundred entries. Nineteen hundred entries into the into the competition. But the cheeses can only be judged in the way they're sold to the to the consumer retail, and that includes butter, bricotta, yogurts, all kind of culture milk products, quark, so from how, fresh. How long does this go on? The competition is two days of judging. Okay, I'm there for the week before, and then I usually leave. I can't usually stay for the competition because it's like two weeks away from work and everything. Right. But the co- the it's conference stuff. Yeah, the conference is uh is Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So Friday is the big Oscars. It's the Oscars of cheese. Mm-hmm. It's the big award ceremony that's usually in the biggest arena or uh, theater in the city, which is, is a lot is of fun. Is it always in Austin, Texas? No, 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 no. It was just, just- my first one was in Austin, Texas. Okay. I thought I was going to die. It was like 105 degrees. <laughs> I was up to my ears in yogurt. I judged 65 yogurts in the first morning, in wow. the first hour. I thought I was going to die. I'm like, this is insane. Yeah, um, that's a lot of yogurt, man. Yeah, it's <laughs> real. It's a lot of yogurt. You just take little tastes and, you know. Yeah. So there's different, there's two in a judging team. There's two judges in a team. You want to make sure you know where the bathroom is, too. And we did. <laughs> and they make sure that. It's like on every floor, they know exactly where the bathrooms are. Because if you got a bunch of people running on one wing, they're like, I'm going downstairs. That, that would be like my first question when I show up. Where is the bathroom? The bathroom? <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, sorry, it's it's an it's an amazing experience, especially if, if you're really into cheese and you're into farming. It's pretty and you're wild, into, man. It's it's just so much to it. Each judging team has two judges. There's an aesthetic judge and there's a technical judge. So the aesthetic judge awards points. The aesthetic judge would be somebody like myself, a retailer, an enthusiast, um, someone who's worked in different outlets of selling cheese, or a cheese writer, or you know, someone a chef, someone who knows the business. Mm-hmm. You award points for the. the qualities of the cheese technical judge takes points away they're the bad guy but they are the cheese scientists they're the cheese makers if they don't have a conflict right. of interest because cheese, get... cheese is an art and a science absolutely it's yeah. controlled spoilage it's mm-hmm. just like making pickles or making prosciutto or anything like that you're controlling spoilage so you can make people sick you can kill people with like the wrong bacteria and the wrong molds that may grow on the surface of the cheese so, so the if you see a, judge, a kid that has a lemonade stand and he's selling his own cheese that he made you might not want to buy the cheese right exactly or the <laughs> or the lemonade because you never know so yeah, yeah. i mean yeah. wow I, i'm blown away that's so crazy. so the, the category and then there's you know we have five we've grown from one to five different coolers now we have five refrigerator trucks reefer trucks mm-hmm. and we have a team of three people and it's great. So I usually have the bigger formatted cheeses. I work with uh, other girls. And I mean, I'm not a very big person, but some of these girls are kind of tiny. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I get these cheeses. We have this one producer that is, an, I'm sorry, but I think he's an idiot. You're an idiot. You're making hundred, <laughs> you make a 200 pound sled of cheese. What are you going to do with a 200 pound piece of cheese? <laughs> Who's right. buying that? No one's buying that. Maybe and then he's, I maybe have he's to pick craving it up. attention as much as cheese. Yeah. And it's not a good cheese, but anyway. And I have to pick that up. But anyway, right. we get these great, these fantastic cheddars and banded wrap goudas. I mean, I get banded cheddars and uh, aged goudas from Wisconsin and California, mm-hmm. Texas, New York, Vermont, New mm-hmm. Hampshire, Maine. And it's just, it's really wonderful to see the, the, the pride that people take in these cheeses. Right. So we do the judging on Monday, Tuesday, and then the, the results come in. And then on Friday, we have the ceremony. You know, there's a best of show. And then, you know, mm-hmm. first, second, and third place, best of show. And um, this year in England at the World Cheese, I think it was, no, I'm sorry, it was in, in Italy, but the World Cheese Awards, Rogue River Blue. Have you ever heard of Rogue River Blue? It's from southwestern mm-hmm. Oregon, from Rogue River Valley. They're fantastic. They're the first American blue cheese exported out of the United States. Oh, wow. And now they're the first American blue cheese to, to win. win a world? World award? best cheese. Wow. And my, and my friend David Gremmels is the owner, and he's just they make a lot of blue cheese. They make like 11 blue cheeses. But Second gift idea alert. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Go online and find Rogue River Blue. It's it's fantastic. It's actually covered in a, in a macerated Syrah leaf. So they have this big party around this time of the year where they go in the local vineyards and the Oregon wine, vine, mm-hmm. uh, wine yards and they pick the Syrah leaves and then they, 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 they dry them and they wash them and they clean them and then they uh, soak them in rum. I'm sorry, brandy. 
I guess it's in pear brandy. And mm-hmm. then they wrap the cheese in those leaves and then they age the cheese. It's cool. fantastic. It's, it's so, so cool. cool. Wow. It's, it's a little pricey, but it's just, it's so worth it. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you want to support American farmstead cheeses, it, you're not just supporting a cheesemaker or me as a retailer. You're supporting the farmers. You're supporting the animals. You're supporting the environment. You're supporting the local You should have economy. your own podcast, Matt's World of Cheese. Absolutely. I'm working on it. <laughs> I guess I'm going to pick your brain how to get this thing out. Yeah, let's work on that. So Brooklyn South again is located on the 1400 block of Central Avenue. It's 1437 Central Ave in the Edge District of Downtown St. Pete. And let's just quickly say they do have more than cheese. Yes, great sandwiches. We have great sandwiches. We just made uh, top 50 restaurants in Tampa Bay. Mm -hmm. Which I'm very proud of. Uh, It's the first time that happened. We just hit five years. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, we got great reviews on Yelp. We get great reviews with uh, mm-hmm. with you folks here. We also got the top 20 tiny restaurants of Tampa Bay. That's awesome. Which I don't know what that is, but that just sounds really, <laughs> yeah, really cool. That sounds cool. That's yeah. really awesome, you know? Yes. And you guys yeah. open early at 10 a.m. Yeah. We open at 10. Yeah, we're trying to trying to mix things up. Mm-hmm. I mean, if anybody's out there is looking for a job, come look, check me out because uh, we want to be open for breakfast because there's no breakfast op- options. In, uh, in that just ha- area. Yeah, yeah, and like using my chef skills that mm-hmm. I've had for so many years, breakfast is... It could be just eggs and potatoes and fine, and I love that. But mm-hmm. it could be fun too. Mm-hmm. You can yeah. make so many weird, quirky little things for breakfast. And you know, at first, people look at you like, "I just want an egg, man. Just give me some <laughs> potatoes. I just want some potatoes." It's like, no, man. I got breakfast quesadillas and things like that, and we use our pulled porks. And you know, nice, nice. Matt Bonanno, thank you so much. Yes, you got it. Brooklyn South, thank you for having me. Thank you. And we'll find you on Facebook at Brooklyn South Cheese. Brooklyn South. Just Brooklyn South on Facebook. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Our website is, is currently out of, uh, out of that's it's why, not working. That's it's, why I mentioned Facebook. Thank you very much. <laughs> we'll be right back. This is Julie Black. And Dave Eichenberger on guitar. You're listening to St. Pete Foodies Podcast, maybe in your house or your car. Welcome back to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. Our music segment, which showcases local artists, is brought to you by One Step Media and Kate Reuter. One Step Media provides management, marketing, and booking services to independent artists, and Kate herself is also a singer-songwriter. Our musical guest today is Paul Fournier. He is a songwriter, guitarist, drummer, and producer of Wild Root Music. Wild Root is classified as hard soul music, soul with a rock interpretation. We'll talk to Paul about that right after the Fast Five Foodies questions. So welcome to the show, Paul Fournier. Hello, how are you? Good, how are you today? Good, good. You ready for the Fast Five Foodies questions? Absolutely, I'm ready. All right, number one, what is your favorite food? My favorite food, it changes on... um, like a month-to-month basis, but right now it's Chicago deep dish pizza from Lou Malnati's out of Chicago. It's the best deep dish. I don't care what anybody says. Cool. What, what, what was it last month? <laughs> last month, you know, I'm, honestly, a go-to would be like lobster macaroni, lobster mac and cheese. Ooh, I love that. Nice. Um, and uh, yeah, I think those are my two go-tos. Those nice. are definitely my two go-tos. Can you order that pizza? You can. You can actually order it and get it shipped here. Uh-oh, I'm yeah, in trouble. Cool. As soon as we break the diet, that's what we're breaking it with. <laughs> you have to. It's, yeah, you won't, it won't be in vain. I'll be totally happy about it. And what's your least favorite food? Um, hmm, I think my least favorite at the moment, you know, I, mm, I would have to say anything bland. Anything that has a very bland flavor. Laffy Taffy. There we go. That's my, I had some Laffy Taffy yesterday, and I was like, why is this even a thing? This is like sticky tack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can't even chew it. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, okay, so, so one of my teeth are going to fly out any moment yeah, now. Yeah. Yeah. Olives are okay? Olives are great. Okay, I'm just checking because yeah. that's what we get the most yeah, we so get, far. Every, really? Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. crazy. Yeah. Blue cheese stuffed olives, any of that kind of stuff. Oh, like, yeah. I'm all into that. Any sort of Mediterranean thing. Um, I don't know if it's from my French background, but like any escargot, all that kind of weird stuff, I'm totally into. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. I had cow ear. Once. Oh really? When I lived in New York, it was nice oh. and slimy, and I was like, "This is oh. awesome." We haven't had that. We've had, we've had pig ear, crispy pig, pig ear yes. at Il Ritorno. Yes. What'd you yeah. think? Oh, love it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. into all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. I like to pick it up before I eat it and go, "What?" 
Yeah. <laughs> like, all right, here we go, body. This is yours Honey. now. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Next question. What's your favorite restaurant in St. Pete? Ooh, that is a difficult one. Um, because you're not from here, you know, you I, don't live here. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, you're Sar- Sarasota. 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 Uh, you know, I really you can pick a Sarasota one if you want. Well, I'll say in St. Pete, I do like the Bodega. Bodega. I've, mm-hmm. I've I've probably heard that a few times. Yeah. I'm sure. Well, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That one. Um, there was there was a sandwich shop which I don't know is there anymore. It's called like oh man, like Central Sandwich Shop or like. There's Central Melt, which is grilled cheese. Oh no, it's not that one. There's I a kn- coffee shop, Central Avenue Coffee Shop. I know it's I know it's off Central, and the the owner um, has really fine cheeses that he Brooklyn, that he, Brooklyn South. South Brooklyn South. We just That's had him on. <laughs> yes. We just had him on. He's he's on this episode right before yeah, you. Yes, <laughs> really. Okay, <laughs> if, if 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 you're listening to this, Brooklyn South man. Yes, everything that you're doing is awesome. Shout I mean, out to Mount Bonanno. Yeah. Yes, yes. To- totally yeah. not a setup. That was awesome. <laughs> That's so <laughs> yeah. funny. Yeah, no, it was it was great. And uh, like he has this blue Stilton cheese there, mm-hmm. which, yeah, like I said, the nastier the better. I'm like, I love it. I love <laughs> Me it. Me too. And uh. he, he's a true cheesemonger. Well, you got you got to listen to the whole episode because he talks all about it. It's like really cool. Oh, it's insane. It's like um, its own world to itself. It's actually Absolutely. the episode we're talking about right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. <laughs> this is awesome. That's awesome. I, I was there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. Oh, oh yeah. Salt or pepper? Mm. Well, can you have one without the other? Yes. Oh man. Um, well, I'm going to have to say salt on that one because, uh, Good choice. there's more things, more different kinds of flavors. I think that you can pull out with salt. So very true. Yeah. I guess if, if you took it, the question, like you can only have one mm-hmm. that's yeah. Yeah, definitely. Pink and lean sea salt. Um, yes. I'm, I'll be basic that, on that. That's me. It's all that's in there. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And the last question is, can you cook? Huh? I, I think so. I, I know enough to know that I'm I'm a poor cook. Let's put it that way. You know what I mean? It's the same thing with music where it's just like you get good enough and then you're like, oh man, I think I know what good is now. And then you're like, oh man, I'm far away. <laughs> I'm very far away right, from good. Right, it's funny. Yeah. Yes. Very, very similar. And actually, do you, I'm, I'm sorry, I know you're supposed to be asking me questions, but right. my question is, do you, do you find a lot of similarities between food and music? Hmm. Like in general? I hadn't really thought about it. No. Right. Have you thought about it? It's it's well. I was a I was a teacher, uh, system band director for a little bit, and I taught in some high schools uh, right after I graduated. And that's one of the things I used to tell kids was that food and music go actually really well together. You know, basically somebody has a different flavor, somebody has a different idea about what should go into your mix or whatever it is, and then you come well, out and it's yeah. I guess you the wouldn't even imagine the art and creativity, the creation of it, mm-hmm. perhaps. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense. Definitely creative, both of them. Yeah, and wow. taste. Like the longer that you like. You, if you try a blue Stilton mm-hmm. first, you're gonna be like, okay, that's some blue cheese. But the more that you eat it, the more that you understand what it is. It is never right. gonna grow on me. <laughs> I <laughs> hate stinky cheese. <laughs> he loves it. I hate it. It's never gonna grow on me. <laughs> so you can't bring any of that home I, now. I got one. Oh, he I, can. I yeah. have a, I have a similarity for me personally. Is I have very eclectic tastes. So mm-hmm. I like just about every kind of food, and I like just about every kind of music. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's very it's very true. It's very true. But yeah, the longer that you stick with it, the more profiles you mm-hmm. start to see. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I think that's really like drinking wine and anything yes. like that. Mm-hmm. Exactly, Taste, exactly. Yeah. So you started playing drums and guitar at twelve years old. Yes, yes. Um, Were you playing air guitar before that? Um, I mean, who wasn't? <laughs> who wasn't? You know, I, I I swear I played air guitar before anybody else. Oh sure, sure. So you should have marketed. Well, that. you did before yeah. before either one of us. Yeah. <laughs> and your band is a Wild Root, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and but you also are a producer with of twelve different bands, including Wild Root. Oh, okay. So so basically. I for for the longest time I was um, wanting to go on tour. So basically, I, I I lived in New York. I made a lot of contacts. I made a lot of contacts up and down the East Coast, and I've worked at. It's funny that says produce, but I think um, what it meant to say was I just work in um, in booking a lot of these people. Oh, okay. So so I share I share booking strategies with a lot of people up and down the East Coast, and. Uh, it's really cool. Like if you make a contact, usually New York bands want to come down to Florida because it's warm. Yeah. And then we want to go up there because it's of different. our reasons. Y- yeah, 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 exactly. Because <laughs> it's different. Yeah. And your website for that is PFM, 
P like Paul, F like Fournier, mm-hmm. M like music, and then the word music, pfmmusic.com. So yes. anybody that wants to check that out. And the band Wild Root, you guys are hard soul. Yes. How cool is that? As soon as I saw that, I was like, why did I not hear this before? This is perfect. <laughs> it's like the perfect mix. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's kind of funky, but it's kind of rock-like mm-hmm. as well. And you also went to the Berkeley College of Music. So I, I tried out for Berkeley um, in 2011 for drums. Uh, in Wild Root, I'm, based, I'm the lead singer and guitar player. But I tried out for drums in 2011. I made it in, and I was going to go. And then I got a job offer to work at BB King Blues Club in Manhattan. Uh-huh. And I was like, you know, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the job. That was, just one of, that was just one of the things. And uh, I, I got to experience a lot of cool things. I held the elevator for Aretha Franklin. Oh, wow. So that was cool, right? Yeah, cool. yeah. And um, just yeah. so people know, so this is not Berkeley that's out in California. Mm. This is Berkeley School of Music, yes. which is Boston, yes? Yes, yes. After, named after, um, and you have to know this stuff when you try out, but it was named after uh, two jazz musicians, last name Burke and another one Lee. So uh, they cool. just I added both that. together. I almost went there when I was a teenager taking guitar lessons. My teacher had graduated from Berkeley, and he brought in the Berkeley School of Music guitar book. Yeah. And, and oh, I yeah. was being groomed to go there, but then switched directions later on, got into computers and then marketing and stuff. Well, and, and that's, that's, a, that's a definitely a safe route for, for these days. I had, a, I had a buddy who was traveling around in L.A. with a bunch of punk bands. And then one day he's like, yeah, I'm coming home. And I'm like, why? And he's like, I'm going to get my, or my, uh, he wanted to get his master's in, in computer engineering. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, at first I didn't understand. I was like, but you're in LA. You're touring with all these, all these punk bands and you're doing really well. And he was like, no, this is where it's going. And I was like, wow, he's totally right. He's totally right. Right. So interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But you are a full-time musician. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the song we're going to feature is titled Tesla Man. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not about a guy who drives a Tesla. No, no, it's not. <laughs> no. I'm thinking key of F sharp. Yep, F sharp minor. F sharp minor seven, right? Yeah. First chord. But then you, Dang, you, he's you, good. you do like a little riff where you like you hit the high A and then come down to G sharp and then F sharp. Mm-hmm. How did, does that voicing, what does that change the name of the chord now? Yeah, uh, well, not exactly. So if you're hitting the A, that's just the minor third. Oh, right, it still yep. is, right. But yep. then what about, but I think you come down... You, you come down a half step and then a whole step. Right, right. So I, I like to do a lot of extensions. Like um, when I, I'm going to affectionately call it the, the hippie music festival scene. Um, <laughs> I really got into to Grateful Dead and a lot, of, um, a lot of jam bands, and they do a lot of extensions on their stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, but, you know, and so I, I definitely kind of take from those, those kind of uh, flavors and palettes, if you will. Yeah, it's right. cool. Mm-hmm. I, I love it. So Thank what is you. Tesla Man about? So a good friend of mine, he was starting to get mixed up in um, selling what is a derivative of ecstasy. Okay. Okay. So, so Molly. Yeah. Uh, well, it's Tesla. It's actually okay, called it's Tesla. Called Tesla. Yeah. Okay, got it's it. Like, ah. I guess ah, a perf- ah. perfect name for it. Nice. So, uh, as old people don't know this stuff. So. Right. Right. So, so everybody's learned <laughs> right, something right. today. Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he was a good friend of mine, and this, and he was, he was always more of like a drinker. You mm-hmm. know, he was always more of like the that kind of guy. And then when you started going down that road, it was, you know, we kind of started living some separate lives, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it was, it, I was like, scratch my head wondering, you know, why he was kind of getting into this road. And, uh, he was actually bartending and I made the first half of the song up on the spot and mm-hmm. just to like give him a rouse, you know, mm-hmm. call him the Tesla man and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then it just stuck. I was like, okay, well we have to, we have to write some stuff to this and, and it, I don't know if you, the other musicians and songwriters you've had feel the same way about this, but sometimes when you, when you start writing a song, it, it does curate a life on its own. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, you know, you start thinking about some other, um, other things in your past that kind of can, can coincide or be chunked into, into the vision of the song. Mm-hmm. So the song is a, is represents just addiction in general and how it can make you forget about friends, family, mm-hmm. and really just like the meat and potatoes of life, you know? Right. So like the chorus is wake up now or never, see your whole world pass you by. So I, I just thought the rock sense and the rock approach to that would be a good way to um, verbalize mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So Interesting. So, and you guys have, a, you have an EP out. This is not on that EP. 
This is a single. Right, right. So this is this is a single, and it come. It actually was released with a instrumental called "Late Night Snack." Again, after like right. kind of like the uh, party scene, um, pothead hippie party scene. Yeah, yeah. You could say that. You could say that. Hold on, we got Layla found her squeaky toy, so she's decided to join the almost podcast. Done, We're almost done. And if, and if all you listeners can just imagine, they've got this this really cute. Is a Yorkie, right? No, uh, no. Long haired chihuahua. Long haired chihuahua. It's literally the sweetest chihuahua I've ever met in my life. <laughs> she certainly is. <laughs> so we can we find you online. The website is wildrootband.com. Mm-hmm. On Facebook, it's at Wild Root Music. Yes. Paul Fournier, thank you so much. Thank, thank you, you, Paul. It was a pleasure. Thank you. I Here we are it. with Wild Root and Tesla Man. Last week's show with uh, Eddie Allen from Central Melt got a ton of comments. Ernie Rangel said, awesome, love it, brother. Nancy Stratford says, we were wishing this was in Bridgeport. Nicole Tiexera Antunes says, way to go. Miss seeing you in Florida. Hope all is well. Nicole Busso Branderis says, I love it. 
Jacqueline Gatz says, yay. I'll never forget we were running and you stopped me to tell me that you're going to open a grilled cheese place. And here you are. Jeremy Holes says, glad to hear you're rocking it, Ed. Lorna Enid Santos Martinez says, so proud of you, Eddie. Loving to have met you when I did. Look at you now. Very successful young man. God bless you. I love you. Tito Colon says, Dios te bendiga adelante campeón. And I think that means God bless you, you champion. Christina Marie says, stud. Elena Mitchell, she says, Ah, I love Eddie. He's always so kind and welcoming. He is. Joey Romanek says, Prior to my meeting Eddie, I'd see him around town and would refer to him as the guy that looks like the dude from Bare Naked Ladies. Laureen O'Connor says, Nice to meet you, Eddie. Congrats and looking forward to ordering tomorrow. And Stephen Combs says, I love the grilled cheese. So good. New items on stpetersburgfoodies.com include the recipe that we talked about on this episode, bone broth ramen with gochujang chicken. And we also have the five best frosés in St. Pete. Next week on the podcast, we have a special episode dedicated to Betty Fox. She is one of the most talented and famous local musicians. So make sure to check out next week. The entire episode will be Betty Fox. If you want to email us, just send it to info at stpetersburgfoodies.com. And that's it for this episode of the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks to our guests, Matt Bonanno, Abby Allen, and Paul Fournier. And thanks to our sponsors, Rolla Notes, Brass Bowl Kitchen and Juicery, Pacific Counter, Booyah Ramen, and, and Engine, Engine Number nine. 9. Our announcer is Candice Aviles from Meet the Chef and Channel 10 News. And our theme music is provided by the Chris Walker Band. We'd like to remind you to check out all the latest restaurant reviews, foodies news, top 10 lists, and updated happy hours on stpetersburgfoodies.com. Please give us a rating and review on whichever app you're using to listen to the show. And remember to share the show with your foodie friends. Until Until next next time, time, may your food be hot and your bubbly cold. Bring him a couple of eggs. Uh, I don't want eggs. I want hash. Yeah, put a couple of eggs on it. <laughs>